and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 322. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to discuss Star Trek Picard's third season episodes, Dominion and Surrender. Here we go. Dominion, Season 3, Episode 7, original release date, March 30th, 2023, directed by Deborah Kampmeyer, written by Jane Maggs. Guest cast include LeVar Burton as Jordy LaForge, Jonathan Frakes as William T. Riker, Gates McFadden as Beverly Crusher, Brent Spiner as Daystrom Android, Tim Russ as Tuvok, Todd Stashwick as Liam Shaw, Amanda Plummer as Vatic, Ashley Sharp Chestnut as Sidney LaForge, and Micah Burton as Alondra LaForge. <laughs> Hours away from Frontier Day, the Titan hides in the Chintaka battle space shipwrecks from the Dominion War. Picard, Geordi, and Beverly discuss the Changeling's interest in Jack, as well as the theft of Picard's original body. Picard summarizes that the Changelings want to create a perfect replica of himself to target Starfleet's anniversary festivities, and he devises a plan to trap Vatic and the Shrike to stop them. I'm no longer on the Enterprise. The scimitar. That was... Many, many years ago. That would explain why you're so old. Time has been very cruel to you. And here's the problem, Admiral. You remember Lore? Data's brother, but surely he was deactivated. Archived is more like it. Simply put, this unit is currently home to both Data and Lore simultaneously. I apologize for the outburst, Captain. I'm not in complete control of this body, nor am I in complete control of my utter revulsion at your ancient faith. We've talked a lot throughout this season about how, about how so many of the, I mean, so much of the time, it seems like it's two episodes that are kind of paired together, and it's it's great for our podcast <laughs> since we're doing two, and it's good for us that it's one and two and three and four and five and not one and two and three and four and five. Uh, but here's another perfect example. These two episodes, they really play together almost as one with Vatic on uh, the Titan. Adam, get us going on Dominion. Yeah, you're right, Brian. Maybe some of the writers out there are listening to us are like, you know, Trek Companion, they're they're doing two at a time. Let's make it easier for them. So, you know. Okay. <laughs> Thank you're you, Brian. You're, you're, you're thoughtful. You're, you're welcome, guys. And, you know, it makes it a better show. So, yeah, I mean, this jumps in. I mean, the, it's called Dominion. They're they're hiding in um, this Chitaka system, which was, you know, a system in Deep Space Nine where one of the ba- big battles took place. So kind of right in there, you get that nostalgia feeling. And you're right, this is these are the two real changeling episodes that kind of tie everything up for, for this storyline. Um, and, yeah, so it, it jumps right on in. You know, we have Seven of Nine talking to Tuvok. That's cool. I mean, even though Tuvok in, eventually ends up becoming <laughs> being a changeling, it's still really cool to see that dynamic between them. Um, they played it off pretty well there. It was kind of the back and forth. Is this Ch- Tuvok? Is this not Tuvok? And eventually um, Seven catches yeah, I love him in the that trap. Scene. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool scene. And then, you know, then we kind of jump into it. It's the um, cat and mouse, you know, Picard, you know, they're, they're running out of time, you know, this frontier day is happening hours away so i mean they have to they start taking real risks and picard really takes a risk in this episode by luring um vatic and the shrek to the titan and luring them onto the ship and uh, wait, wait, wait the shrike shrike to this what did you i call, say you said the shrek the shrek <laughs> that sounds like a very interesting season <laughs> donkey <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, we kind of we jump right into it. It's um, you know kind of a cat and mouse game there on the Titan. They they catch Vatic. Um, you know, there's this more dilemma where there's that scene where Picard and Beverly are. I mean, it really looks like they're just going to let their morals go out the window and they're gonna they're gonna kill Vatic. I mean, he doesn't get to that point, but yeah, there's there's that interesting moment in towards in the middle of the episode, and yeah, we've got things going on with Data. Data is a big part of this episode with lore. The beginnings of um, what's going to happen with um, Data in the next episode starts to transpire. So yeah, there's a lot going on. But as, I, as I've noted, and we've all noted throughout this um, season, they're able to organize it and keep it in a nice paced fashion and not divulge off into tangents. And so it's even though there's a lot going on in this episode, it's it doesn't feel like it because they have it paced and well written out so well. And so those are my first thoughts on the episode. I really like that opening scene. Obviously, it was very exciting to see Tuvok. You know, it's funny. How many years has it been since... I mean, for a lot of these characters, or these actors, how many years since they played him? And they just... Yeah, over 20. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And exactly. He's, he, Tim Russ is Tuvok in that scene, even though it's a changeling. <laughs> I mean, it's like... there. I remember that there was a moment in the next episode where uh, Spiner is playing um, Data and... He doesn't look it. <laughs> he looks like an old dude now. But if you just close your eyes and listen to him, I mean, he's Data. It's just, it's there, you know, it's there. Anyway, but that that scene with uh, Tuvok in the opening, it's great. It's, it's really great because it's a classic scene. We've all seen that sort of scene in movies and, and television shows and stuff. But it's still exciting. It's done really well. And it's got an extra kind of beat to it because you get the moment when she says something. I think it's about Kalto or something to Tuvok and you see the look on his face as if he understands what she's really trying she's really trying to determine that it's him and then he answers in a way and you even get the, the music as a positive cue and everything it's like oh it's really him great and then you forget about that that anxiety or that 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 level of concern and you don't even realize that uh seven isn't sold on him entirely and she throws something else in there until it, it kind of happens. So the the scene has that extra beat that I that I really enjoy because you don't see it coming. Even when I know it's coming now, having watched the episode multiple times, it still feels um, very effective. Uh, but it's it's a it's a cool scene. Then it gets dark really quick because it yeah, becomes Tuvok becomes very menacing. And then he turns into Riker and he's something about I'm dead already or something. Yeah. And like, yeah, she's that's pretty dark. Steve, your first thoughts on Dominion. Yeah, I agree with everything that's been said. And I, I think also it's also kind of along the lines of that scene and how they played it. But they kind of they you you can't re, you're not really second guessing them. There's very few spots in this season where you you're ahead of them or you don't know where things are going. I mean, like for example, a lot of the the plot in this one uh, is about you know they want to bait them bait uh, them to show up and and bat it come on board and all this kind of stuff. And it all goes south. I mean, they obviously the the long term plan is, well, let's not get them on board so they can start killing our crew. And all you know, obviously that it's a problem. It, it it didn't work out exactly as planned. The 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 bit about you know Crusher and Picard are they really going to kill? And then even if they wanted to, they didn't. They get, they get the chance. Um, th- things like that that they, they are dropping the hints about why did they steal Picard's body and they have a theory and it's a, you know, it's a plausible notion. And you, you know, you're going down this path of thinking maybe that's where this is all heading. And we learn that's not, that's not the story. Um, but they do it in a way that's not like pedantic or, you know, just 
ridiculous to the point of like a, just a second guessing kind of thing. And I think that's just it's more smart writing in this in this season that we see. You know, it's it's interesting, it's well paced, and they and and like you said, they have these they have these little capsules of episodes. These you know combos where it, it and it keeps it interesting it doesn't feel like a plotting like next 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 like a soap opera it feels like a extended episodes in a way just like long like like little movies just after another one and then here's another one and so on so um yeah i'm, I'm pleased and i i, I liked were liked everything about this yeah the other writers they did this a lot in the season they kind of play the sleight of hand they kind of show you one thing but they're really doing something else and they they do that in small ways and big ways i mean i don't want to get ahead of ourselves we'll get into the when we do the last two episodes we can talk more about about the vil- the true villains of this of this series, but yeah, all, all of, it's a lot of sleight of hand, you know, misdirection. Um, you know, you brought it up, Brian, earlier with um, you know seven, and that's just kind of a small seven and two box, a small misdirection, and so they do that a lot, and it keeps keeps. I think it keeps it keeps you interested, it keeps you entertained. Yeah, and they're 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 story tricks, and there's nothing new about what they're doing, but they do it in such a an organized and well thought out way that these all have these, you know, you can do that and it has nothing to do with the story or the plot. You just do it to do it just to surprise somebody in a story, but these have well thought out meanings that drive that push the story forward. I really like Vatic's backstory. The flashbacks and stuff. It's, it's brief, but it's, it's effective. It's very unique. You understand where the, where all those evolved changelings came from, but you also, it's a great bit of story there that Starfleet had a hand in that evolution. It's pretty. It's particularly dark, really. But there's nothing better than a than a than a heavy with a a legitimate complaint, you know. Well, there's depth to it. It almost makes me want to go back and watch the last couple seasons of DS9. Yeah, yeah. It's fun how much it 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 relies on the overall story from from that show too. And Amanda Plummer is so great. She's yeah. Well, we got those storylines with Odo. It wasn't as quite as sinister. Who was his? Who was his caretaker? Odo's. That was the storyline that went out throughout DS Nine. Remember the scientist? Oh, so- Salome. Oh, oh, the sign. The scientist. Yeah, yeah. You're right. That was kind of similar, but not not nearly as dark. Not as sinister. Yeah, right. It's the first time we see Jack control somebody was in this episode, right? It's when he controls uh, Sydney LaForge in that fight. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. That was that was kind of bonkers. Like, what the hell? <laughs> it's amazing to me that by the time this season is over, it, they've really explained it. And I, uh, oh, on that same note, this is the first time we get that uh, data has that bit about uh, previous diagnosis of aromatic syndrome is in question. I love how that's worked into this whole season. We'll talk more about that, I guess, next week or next in two weeks on our next podcast. I think episode nine is the one where they really explain all of that but it's just so effective that it feels right it feels like oh this is what they planned 30 years ago (laughs) spoiler they did not plan this 30 years ago (laughs) but it doesn't feel um retroactive or you know retroactively changing something it just it it seems it seems to fit like so many of the pieces of the writing just it all just locks together in such a a smart and satisfying uh, way on this, the third season of Star Trek Picard. What is this episode about? It has something to do with, with Shrek and a donkey. Yeah. Shrek and a donkey. Donkey. <laughs> well, there, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a pattern throughout this episode. Um, you know, I mentioned it a minute ago, the, the sleight of hand 
So there's a lot of things in this episode that are things aren't as you they appear to be. Um, we brought up Tuvok in the beginning. Um, you mentioned Vadek. You know, we got a lot of yes, yeah, she is what she appears to be, but you you got depth. You you got a motivation behind that. So you know, whereas normal villains, they're kind of just one dimensional. So there's that. There's the trickery at the end with um, Jack, you know, and the shield, and then being. Well, that's in the next episode. What am I talking about? I'm getting ahead of myself. See, they all kind of blend together. So those are kind of the themes I kind of took from it. These, there's so much going on. I don't know if they're trying to say anything in particular in this episode. So that's what I came away with it. Yeah, um, it, it's one of these. It, it's connecting, connecting other episodes together and continuing the plot. But I do think the the tone is certainly consistent um, with itself in the ter- in terms of the. Take, take another look at what's going on because there's something else happening. You know, we, we can make assumptions about um, uh, Vatic and her motivations. And we learn that, like, as you mentioned, they have a, she has a legitimate grievance in a way. And that's what's led to this. You've got a plan to lure the enemy to you and you think you've got it solid, but you've solidly together. But, you know, that goes south and you have um, all these, uh, you know, the Tuvok thing and so on. So I think that that's a... That, that makes this episode, it, it's a good episode, but it's also kind of disturbing. There's a lot of, around every corner, there's, you know, a demon and so, or something that's, you know, you're not safe. We're not safe yet. You know, this, no. is a, this is a very dangerous episode, and it feels like anything can happen. Well, we didn't even talk about the scene, you know, where she executes somebody. That's a pretty intense scene, you know. Um, the actors did it really well. I'm sorry to go that's back to that. One. That's oh, the next one. Damn, right? it's the next one. They all kind of blend together. But this, but something we got <laughs> at earlier, Adam, was... Um, Another dark thing with our heroes, you know, that that is in keeping with what Steve was just talking about, is that is yeah that moment when Crusher makes it clear that she might be okay executing Vatic. Yeah, which is that's pretty dang nutty. That's pretty. I don't know how much darker it gets than that for Star Trek. Yeah, a lot of people die in this episode. I kind of I noticed it <laughs> didn't die well either. All right, let's do six degrees for Dominion. Adam, Brent Spiner previously played Data. Here he returns as what? Daystrom Android. Did you notice that was the same actor that played Data? (laughs) (laughs) So he returns as what Android? Yeah. He says he's Daystrom Android, blah, 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 blah. I have no idea. I didn't catch it. It's not in my notes. Steve? I don't know what you're going for, but I'm tired, so I. <laughs> <laughs> He's he is Daystrom Android M510. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't even come close to guessing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no points. Moving on. Surrender, Season 3, Episode 8, original release date, April 6th, 2023. Directed by Deborah Campmeyer, written by Matt Okamura. Guest cast include LeVar Burton as Jordy LaForge, Michael Dorn as Worf, Jonathan Frakes as William T. Riker, Gates McFadden as Beverly Crusher, Marina Sirtis as Deanna Troy, Brent Spiner as Daystrom Android, Todd Stashwick as Liam Shaw, Amanda Plummer as Baddock, Ashley Sharp Chestnut as Sidney LaForge, and Micah Burton as Alondra LaForge. In the wake of Picard's disastrous gambit, Vadic takes full control of the Titan. The captured bridge officers must face execution if Jack doesn't surrender, forcing Picard to make an impossible choice, deliver what he can never give or watch his crew perish. The only salvation lies in the mind of an old friend and foe. 
Greetings, USS Titan. This is your friendly positronic pissed off security system. Back online. Sign them, go! Unwanted guests and monologuing protoplasms. I am initiating an immediate shift change. Hey, boys. Steve, surrender. Yeah, so we continue right where we left off in the last episode, and uh, this this is really good. I mean, we have constant um, these these games trying to chip away at the defense. Essentially, it feels like a chess match. You have Jack's attempts to possess people, and you know, get 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 his in inside the bridge in some respect. You've got um, obviously ultimately the, the successful gambit with him buying them time on the bridge, and all the while. You know the the bit with data and and lore and that that thing is just fa- fascinating. Nothing we haven't seen anything quite like that. It's just fantastic. And then of course we um, have you know our seven people on around the table by the end of the episode and uh, ready to move on to the the last the last bit here. So yeah, I I really I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a satisfying again a capsules of two episodes, but a, a satisfying conclusion to what's happening here. We and we kind of move on from Vatic and that element of the story, and uh, and it's uh, now we kind of begin this whole process of we're going to learn who Jack is. We're going to learn who Jack is. When are we going to learn what, what's you know? It felt like that was going on way longer than it probably was because it felt like every time you're in the middle of an episode or at the end of the episode, it was like now we're going to learn the next time and then, and then there's you know, dropping little things of what's going on but i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it. well we knew it had something to do with licorice but right right that was clear i really love the whole the data lore bit um i remember the first time i saw it i mean i knew they weren't i knew they i knew it wasn't going to be lore sticking around <laughs> but i really had no idea what was going on and it was such a it was so satisfying it was like oh my god data was playing lore this whole t-. you know he was fooling him uh, and it makes again like so many other things pieces of the writing it, it totally makes sense i mean it's all kind of big and allegor metaphorical i mean but it, but it works you know uh adam your first thoughts on surrender in agreement with both of you yeah the the lore data stuff was great and it goes back to just how those two characters were set up, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. Lore was always, you know, he set it in, you know, he, he was a conqueror. That's conquered. He wanted trophies where Data was the clever one, you know. the So they set that up, you know, right off the bat, Sherlock Holmes. So that cleverness personifies Data. And, you know, you see Lore, you know, Lore's fist pumping so i mean they set you up for it and you you know how it's going to end but they do it in a clever way it's just like okay you know what's going on and he's taking all we always know that lore could overpower data but data would always outsmart lore so it was very satisfying how that turned out to be and it, it didn't feel cheesy or clinky it was a good way to write it so i'm with you brian i really totally enjoyed the scene and how they played that out um you know and then the scenes with Vatic, I, I mentioned it in earlier uh, on the bridge. Those are those. That's, that's a pretty horrific scene, you know, where she's about to execute somebody. The, you know, she's just toying with them. She's like the killer whale playing playing with her prey, and then you know, like I said, slide a hand, then she kills somebody else. It's it's a pretty like I said, it it's a pretty heavy. There's a lot of heavy scenes in this in this episode. So those were kind of my first takeaways from this episode. I really dug the opening with Vatic 
that was pretty dark. That whole bit of you know, start by taking their eyes, then their ears, and all all those those bits. You know, um, again, it helps how good Amanda Plummer is. But yeah, I, I definitely really dug all that stuff. We get our first real Riker Troy stuff here, right? In of the season. Yeah. In person and everything. And again, they fall right back into it. <laughs> it's sweet. It works. I'm pretty sure Troy was joking when she said she slept with a changeling. <laughs> yeah, because you think if you're not sensing anything from the guy, then something's yeah, up. Probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Plus, if you're not familiar with season one or what, what they're talking about, it makes you have to go back and watch some episodes of season one. I think at some point I said there were a couple of moments during this season where it felt like they were knocking previous seasons. One of those was uh, the episode with Shaw on in 10 Forward. He says, I'm not talking about that Stargazer crap. I'm talking about the real Borg or something like that, you know. And the other moment was in this one when the way they're knocking that planet that they lived on in season one. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah. it feels like the, the different writer who's like, yeah, that, was, that wasn't right. <laughs> But who knows? Maybe that's just good, good lover, terrible pizza maker. He was so proud of his pizzas in season one. I still say that that makes me want to get one of those pizza ovens, for my <laughs> but I haven't done that. Oh man, maybe I should have pizza for dinner. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Where can you get pizza by the slice in LA? Ugh, I don't want to go to Hollywood. Anyway, I love that we get the again Rikers the comedy <laughs> when Worf shows up, and he does have that awkward long <laughs> bit about how much he's thought about Troy and stuff and um yeah Riker's like inappropriate inappropriate <laughs> is this a rescue mission or a continuation of the torture uh, so it's good you get a smidge more but still don't find out about why the changelings wanted Picard's body but we do get that shot what is that that's not like a I mean, did John did John Luke, did Patrick Stewart like lay in that thingy for that scene? I mean, his body still seems a little bit too clean. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it, know. Looks, it, is. it looks very CG. No, it doesn't look CG though. I don't know. I mean, it just looks like like a mannequin, but too good. I don't know. We get a little foreshadowing with Seven here and command and what it takes to be captain. Uh, get off my bridge. Well, Shaw too. I mean, he's you, you know, have comes to say that if you're going to be captain, you have to say that at some point. Get off my bridge. bridge. Yeah, I was referring. Yeah, with Shaw when he was telling you should have blown the transporter and their consequences. You know, so it's, once you get to the end of the series, you realize that where that's coming from. No, I was thinking at that moment when she turns around. You know, when when Vatic says, "All right, we're done with them. Lock them up in there." But you know, then Seven chooses to stay. When Shaw says, "What are you doing?" She says, "I'm accepting the consequences." It was I was conscious of. Jerry Ryan is great. We talk about that a lot. But she's also like where they've taken the character, because it is somewhere new and different than she was on Voyager. She has evolved. It's almost like Jerry Ryan, the actress, has aged. And I don't mean physically. I just mean, you know, she's kind of evolved to that point. And it, it just feels like they got her. She's a more complete person. Yeah, they, they, it's like they got her at the perfect time to play the first perfect character. Like 10 years ago or 10 years from now, I don't I don't know how if it, how how perfect that would have been. But here it really is. Yeah. And it's a test of the ride. There's so many people in these episodes and they give each, 
you know, mm-hmm. they give her just enough to push her character forward. It's not right. a lot, but just enough because there's so many things going on. So that's a credit to, you know, like I'm. And I agree with that about Jerry Ryan. And it's, and of course, it's hard to say not knowing one's personal life or where someone is, but it feels that way. And wh- whether or not it's luck or good writing or it's just she's a, such a great actress, it pulls it, you know, pulls off and makes us feel that way. Because, but it does feel that way. It feels like that. And I think that what's, what, that's what makes it you buy into to such a degree how Seven is this way now versus how she was 20 years ago. And it feels completely organic and, and correct. It feels like that's what it should be. You know, it's it's just the, yeah. good writing and good good acting. That red room scene is so great. <laughs> I remember talking about this early on, but how terrible it would have been if that had been in the first episode or something. But here, it took so long to get here, and it feels so earned. That scene, that red room scene, feels really earned. Um, and it's it's brief, but it's so satisfying. Been waiting for that scene for thirty years, right? Well, we talked about it. We talked, I mean, you know, Data, I mean, Data's the last character to arrive. I mean, you know, we talked about this. They slowly, they didn't introduce everybody all at once. It was, you know, Riker, you know, Beverly, Riker. It's, it was kind of like a slow burn throughout the entire season, getting each of these characters involved. And yeah, this was the culmination of that. This is the, the climax. They're all about. And I think we may have alluded to this already, but they, I think they did as well, as good of a job anyone could do having killed Data, quote unquote, two times before and still doing something to bring him back in some way. I, I, you know, it's completely plausible. It makes sense. And, you know, you got to have him there. So sure, that works. And, and it gives Brent Spiner something else to do, really. And it's a, to act another kind of character, really, because it's not Data. It's a different Data, you know, or whatever you want to say. So it's very, it would be very easy to jump the shark with this writing wise and it didn't right and they acknowledged it you know they know i mean mm-hmm. I, I think the way the reason they were able to get away because they acknowledge you know there's a scene for bacardi's like i watched i can't yep. do this i've seen data die die twice now and you kind of feel the weight of that if you you know live through all those those films and as we have yeah and well you also get that moment near the end right before the ready room scene where i guess at the beginning of the ready room scene when day when picard mentions is this is this okay because you asked me to let you die basically and you know data says that me is resting peacefully this me would rather be no place else but you know this scene before that we got another we got we got one great uh geordie data scene when they're walking through the hall and it's really sweet you know it ends with them both geordie says how happy he is to have his friend back and data says how valuable uh, Jordy's friendship is to him, but the beginning of that bit is Data is like, "This is new," you know, and he's like old and his neck is creaking, and that's what we're talking, what you're talking about there. You know, it's still something new for Spiner to do. It's still something new for the character of Data. It's still, again, if you go back to 1987, it's Data getting closer to, closer and closer to humanity without maybe without actually being human, but this is pretty much as close as you can possibly imagine he could, he could be. I love that bit. I mean, the data. Greetings, Titan. This is your friendly, positronic, pissed-off security system. <laughs> That's funny. That's right. Yeah, it's really funny. What do we think of the bridge evacuation hatch? We've never seen that before, right? I guess it's made for just for this situation. I don't know. It was a cool <laughs> way to do it. I mean, the, the little the force field mine that he had, you know, sucked out into space. And... It seems like maybe the odds that you're ever going to need that are not nearly as high as the odds that it's going to accidentally employ and kill right. people. 
it's kind of like the glass ceiling bubble thing on the bridge. You know, it's like the bridge is right on top of the ship, and they, I mean, I, that's, I'm sure that glass is better than any glass <laughs> we could ever imagine, but it's still, why? You know, <laughs> you know the, the, the best armor on the ship covering that, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Maybe put the bridge in the middle of the ship. Mm, there you go. I also like how they tease you there. Is she going to go into the deflector and get burned up? Or is she... Oh, okay. She gets smashed. <laughs> she breaks up into 100 pieces. This has an okay use of the F-bomb for me. This... Okay. Don't do it a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it makes once. sense. All right. All right. When it makes sense, it makes... Yeah, it's fine. And I'm already okay with, like, this season is dark enough that this should not be necessarily a family show, but... Let's still at least have twelve and thirteen year olds be okay with it. It's a lot of it's a lot of episodes since that first season of Discovery when Brian went on his tirade. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's softened out there, ladies and gentlemen. He's uh, a little I bit. still think Star Trek should be a family show. <laughs> I this I I would still prefer they not do any f bombs. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> I assume this was sent. There there are countries that don't allow f bombs, so, yeah, so I assume this got censored some places. Burton is great. He really is that. That bit, he, he's part of the reason that he sells it, that, that I was sold on. Well, gosh, I guess they sort of did kill Data again, but they're got, he's going to come back somehow because they're not going to just move on with Lore. But I didn't think it was going to happen right that second. And I wonder if part of that is just because Jordy's delivery of, I mean, Laura's delivery of, that's it, he's gone. You know, it sounds like ADR recorded months later, but it's still, he's got, I don't know, he's good. They're all good. <laughs> what, and it also, ma- it makes perfect sense because if we go back to the first season when, um, with before, I mean, we talked about this earlier, you know, with before, like, oh, we couldn't retrieve all his memories. And then, you know, they explained it that technology's advanced. So it just, yeah, it's just it's a clever way of doing it. What is this episode about? Well, a lot of this episode, I mean, you know, it, it kind of comes, it's a culmination. It's a coming together of this crew, this family. We get that in the, you know, the final scenes there at the end at the table. So family stays together and um, and they stay together. They work together. They, they they overcome together. And I, that's kind of what I got from this episode. Again, it's, it's a, it's like the second part of the last episode, but it also kind of mirrors it in the sense that you have the tactics, you have the moves like a, like a, you know, chess match, but it's, it's just chipping away. You know, they, they have um, various ploys. They, you know, that, and, and like you said, they, it's everyone coming together, all the crew and they're, they all play a role in this. Every one of them is needed to, piece this solution together to to move to the next step and to figure out what's going on and and of course now we have you know the real you're going to learn next week what's going on kind of feel with with jack because there's uh, troy and in the in the red door and all that so it's um yeah i I feel like it's it's a perfect jumping off place to the the two-part finale or whatever you want to call it we know something's bad's going to happen because troy would choose chocolate not licorice right true they're really setting something up dark. So what have we what have we had in this season? We've had the nebula battle. We've had the um, the heist. Now we've had you know the sh- the ship has been taken over. You know, so next two next two or we'll talk about them then. All right, let's do six degrees for surrender, Steve. Yep. One of Data's trinkets is that hollow of Tasha Yar. Name the episode where she died. Hmm. Uh, skin of evil. Yes, sir. Skin of evil. Steve takes it for the day. Dun, dun, dun. So we've only got one more episode left, and we're going to finish out Picard Season 3. I guess I can mention now that we've... Did we, we decided officially 
What, I believe so. Last night? Yeah, okay. We're after we finish out Picard season three, we are going to do Star Trek Prodigy. We'll continue doing two episodes a week. Uh, we're just going to start with season one, and then the hope is that uh, we'll end up doing the first ten episodes of season two as they air late this fall. I think that's probably our that's our tentative plan. As far as news in the last couple of weeks, I don't think there's been much. We I think we heard that Strange New Worlds. Maybe we already heard that last time, but Strange New Worlds season three filming might be delayed because of the WGA stream. Yeah, yeah. I think we also got a new trailer for it with that with footage of the crossover lower decks episode in the last couple of weeks well there was one of those when we last recorded but i think maybe they've had another episode another trailer since then i haven't watched that i'm probably going to skip it but is that right there was an additional trailer since then yeah i think it's got more yeah but more. yeah all right. mm-hmm. i'm gonna not i'm gonna skip that one i, I think i've seen as well i yeah it'd be more fun yeah, I'm excited to finish this season up. I mean, it's been so great. It's a good one. It's been so it's been so good to talk about great Star Trek, you know, or just a great show. What I'll be most excited, you know, what direction they're going to go in next. I mean, because they've left the, so many doors open to go so many different directions with this. So well, that's fun. something we'll talk, we can talk about next time. But honestly, just as far as the next gen crew is concerned, this season is so great. I think I would be happy with them not doing any more next gen. The whole putting the whole band back together. I don't. I don't think I need that anymore. I'd rather go out on this really, really high note. I could see like a co-star, you know, like one of the characters yeah, showing one, up. One here or two and actors, maybe, yeah. but yeah. as far as you know, a next gen season nine. I, I don't think I need that. I need. I need some deep space nine. That's what I'd like to see. Well, that's tougher. With you know, Arvishan Wah's gone, and uh, uh, Eisen uh, is gone, and. Avery Brooks doesn't seem like he wants to have anything to do with it. I don't know. It's a taller order, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you'd have to you'd have to bring new characters in for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I you could you could recast Odo. I'm not saying that's ideal, but well, one thing we didn't really mention today is that, like uh, Michelle Hurt Rafi was barely in. Let's see, she was in the second episode today, but barely in it. She only had a couple of lines. I think I we mentioned that earlier on in the season how we were conscious of you know she was more much more important important early in the season but we knew by late in the season it was going to be all about the next gen folks <laughs> so that's okay but I, I guess I'm just saying that they found a way to her, her it makes sense bring the newer characters in and and make them matter what they've used her for has made sense I mean she's going to play a bigger role in these last two episodes but being with Worf. You know, the warrior. I, I think it's worked out really well. And like I said, I'm I'm surprised they've even been able to make it make sense for her being in there because there's so much. There's you know, you got your original cast, you got the new the new cast, seven of nine. You know, there's so many characters in this. You know, we've talked about where we've talked about seasons of Star Trek where they try to do so many so many things that it just goes off track. So that's the brilliance of this season. They have a ton of stuff going on, but they're able to keep everything in order. All right. Well, in two weeks, we are going to finish Picard Season 3, and I'm looking forward to that discussion. And I hope you listeners are as well. You can follow us on Twitter. That's at Trek Companion. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. So thank you so much for spending an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya.
Dan, I passed it.